Well, I'm going to look at the farm. Those are called sangrias, um, and this is the moon and star. You can so see what? the specks all over them, but it's not really a good example of it. So between those two that you just told us about, is there like a difference in taste? Taste, uh, it's a variety thing. I'm not really positive what the difference in taste is yet because it's the first time we did these. Hadn't cut them open just yet, but uh, moon and stars is neat to me because the plants, they get these little yellow specks all over them. And then usually there'll be one big yellow dot and then a bunch of little ones, so, you know, moon star. Is that a common type of watermelon to grow in the area? No. So, <laughs> it's one for fun, really. Not so. People don't seem to buy stuff that's that different. Yeah. You know, the regular watermelons what they want. What's that? What's that one? What's like the common one? For us, it's the seven twenties and the peddler melons. Um, and then the black diamonds are. We might have some over there still, but they're about this shape and this big and this color minus the dots, and they're quite a bit darker too. Those are seedless, super sweet, and people seem to like those a lot. Is there a reason why uh, watermelons are, are grown so commonly in Arkansas? Mm, they're not grown commonly where we're at. Um, we found out some of those reasons why this year to do a farm so big. Down south they grow a whole lot better. And maybe just because it's closer to the equator, you know, they and they got a lot of farmland and good soil. I guess maybe that's why they're common. But we did a 25 to 30 acre farm out here this year. It's the biggest one we did and thought we'd grow a bunch of different kind and see how it did and learn more than the other farm we've done before is only five acres. So I don't know if there's a reason they grow good in Arkansas, but I think it's more challenging up here in the hills than down south for sure. <laughs> You guys want to see the cantaloupe? Yeah, do it. We've harvested our main melons and cantaloupe so far. So there's not as many out here and all, but here's a few of them. How long does it take the cantaloupe to grow? All summer? Half the summer, spring, somewhere in the summer. Have you always uh, grown grown things? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but not this big. Watch your step on that one. 
bigger one right there, see? If you're allergic to bees, let me know. West it is. <laughs> Keep them away from that. <laughs> we actually got attacked by a hive one time on the side of the road. Are the bees uh, for a specific reason? To pollinate. Got the bees. A watermelon will produce male and female flowers. And the bees, you know, go in there and collect pollen and they just happen to be in a male and then they go hop into a female so that pollen mixes and without that your pollen you're not gonna get any fruit. If you had no bees you'd have to go through with a paintbrush to all your flowers just kinda touching all of them. So bees are pretty much the best workers on any farm in my opinion. What's their salary like? I hadn't opened it in a while. I don't know how much they've made this year off of it. But probably pretty good because they keep reproducing queens and you know, they, they're still here. So I guess they keep on making new bees the whole summer. Not much of a beekeeper. Just set them out here this year and got to learn a little bit about it. Is that how you learn a lot of these things? By trying them? Everything I ever learned is by giving it a shot and learning from my mistakes. Everything. <laughs> so these were our main cantaloupes that got picked already. There's still more we'll, stragglers we'll get and stuff. What is the uh, what is the price that you can sell these produce for? Mm, I think on our stands they're like five bucks a cantaloupe. If they get really big, I'm trying to get a little more or so at the moment. How many, uh, I mean, I know you might not know the exact number, but how many watermelons or melons do you have growing total on this farm, if you had to guess? Our estimate was around 50,000 for everything we planted this year. We did two rounds and two hoop houses and, you know, your small seedling trays. And it was pretty close to that number, somewhere in there. It's a lot of seeds one at a time, a lot of picking them out, planting them. It's nice having the tractors and equipment to pull and be able to plant them with someone sitting there and putting one at a time in, but even then it's a lot of work to do all these rows. It's a lot grown up now. It was uh, just a week or two ago, it was a whole lot easier to see, but you could really see just every spot in the beginning. Some things we grow in the greenhouse and we bring, you know, baby plants out here. And then some things we just straight seed it into the ground. Figure out what's gonna work for us and stuff in the future. But like I said, this is our biggest farm or the biggest one so far that we took on. And we're pretty happy with it. Do you like what you do? Oh yeah, I love what I do. <laughs> I could, that's why I do it. It's not for any other reason. <laughs> take pride in, in growing things? Mm, I don't feel like I'm the one that grows it so I don't really take pride in being the one that makes it happen because you know mother nature makes that happen uh, but I love growing things so. 
So what is your relationship with, with Mother Nature? I mean, we're kind of all part of it, you know? I don't know. It's, uh... I don't have a good answer for that. I feel like we're all one, you know, and in including nature. Without nature, we can't have us here. Don't know uh, what the right word for that is. It's our mother. It's a creator. It, 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 if it's not the creator of us, it's definitely the provider for us and nurtures us. So I think Mother Nature is pretty sweet. You hope to not find it, but the common tomato problem is blossom end rot from not enough calcium. I know there's more in here, but anyway, that's where the bottom will get soft and it'll look like a really nice tomato. You go to pick it and your finger feels that softness. So we had some of that going on, but we know what that was. That was just calcium, but they never did what they should have done and got nice and healthy the whole time. Did you guys have any guesses as to what the problem was? Uh, it began with a lot of guesses and then it's, yeah, it's, there's a lot of, a whole lot of options at this point of what it could have been. So with those ones in your hand, can you describe like what you were looking for and why those were not? Mm, really, you got your green tomatoes, and once they start to turn color right here, you can pick them, unless you want to pick them green, but basically when they get red, see this one's cracked. Yeah, for the, I don't know, we want less grass and all the tallness. It, it really hinders your plants, but that's a lot to weed by hand. And so we're trying to figure out what to do about that. Yeah, because you damage the watermelons and stuff. Yeah, there's things you can put out before, I think it's called pre-emerge or something. You can put it out when you till or in the winter or some, some point, and it's not supposed to damage your watermelon. So that would be a big help too next year. As a kid, it was, um, you can't wait to get out, you know, and you graduate and move off and stuff. And so I did, and I traveled a bunch. And then after traveling lots of places, I've seen lots of cool places and stuff. But then you come back and you realize how this was one of the cool places also, you know, you took for granted and stuff, so... Uh, the last couple of years has been awesome being back here and I see it in a whole different way at this point. What is the new light that you, or some of the things that you, you realize about it specifically? Friends and family being close by is something that's awesome. Um, the, the naturalness and nature here, like just the whole, the scenery and all the outdoor stuff. Um, and then other places that I've been that had an awesome outdoor scene that's been way overpopulated now. And then you come here and you can go to the hiking trails I wasn't that into as much here because I was more focused on getting out and going to see other places, you know. And now that I've been back and trying to 
see it more. Arkansas has got a whole lot of cool stuff. You go to a hiking trail here, you're not, it's probably not going to be crowded. You know, you might be the only one there, which is something that I always thought was cool. If I was out in Colorado and I found one that wasn't as popular versus, you know, just tons of cars and people at it. Just cool to see people out there, but it's nice to have like your own, have a private spot, let your dogs run off, no rules and stuff. Um, I already knew this, but the white water here is pretty awesome for kayaking. The the rivers and stuff here. Um, from here to the Rockies, there's nothing like Arkansas, I don't think. It, to me, it feels like a mini Rockies and much more humid and hot. That's not a good part. But we got more mushrooms, I think. So that's pretty cool. We got to have that heat and humidity. And uh, this is a really awesome place to gather mushrooms also. Chantrails, morels, um, turkey tails, and so, a handful of them. So were you uh, like always, even as a younger person, someone that spent a lot of time in nature? No, more skateboarding. Skateboarding and film was my big thing growing up. That's what I wanted to do. And then I got a job in the oil field. That all kind of went out the window. Um, did that for about seven years. And then throughout all that, when I would not be working, I took a lot of time to travel. And then about six years ago, I had uh, something in my head, I guess, uh, a certain a certain night something happened and a light bulb went off and said, it, it's time to get out of the oil field and time to, you know, uh, sacrifice the having a good paycheck come in steadily and stuff and just do the things I want to do and more passionate about and stuff. and even though I knew it wasn't going to make the money, it was one of those things that I had to stick with that decision that night was so, whatever told me that was so strong that I had to do it and took off to Colorado in my RV and here we are back home <laughs> um, and farming fruit, uh, food. What is it that appeals to you so much about traveling? Well, I think it's important to see people all over the place and uh, there's good people everywhere and lots of cool things and different things that to see it just makes sense to me to see new stuff. But I've learned that uh, home is a really good place to be too. I'm glad I've ever traveled or I might not have had the appreciation for where I grew up now. Man, you said that you wanted to get into film. What What was that? What inspired you to want to do film? Man, I was like 16, 17 back then. I, it's kind of hard to even remember, honestly. I really don't know. Do you love, do you like movies? Movies, uh, might have been skateboard film. Stuff like that, really. Yeah, I don't think know if there's ever just a certain thing that made me want to, but 
that was my goal after high school was to do that, which lasted a semester at community college before the oil field started. And then from there. <laughs> you feel differently um, since you left the oil field? Oh, much different. A lot happier. Um, I just like uh, doing something more that I believe in than something I don't believe in just for a good paycheck. So you didn't believe in the, the big corporations, the oil corporations, what they were doing? No. I mean, I guess that's what every... I don't know. I'm not a huge proponent against anything at this point. You know, it's just everyone, the world's what it is. And, but, and I have found out other things. It's just as bad. I think the oil field does get a bad rap that it don't deserve sometimes. But it was more about uh, just working for the big corporations and stuff. And then when I want some time off being told I can't, and I don't feel like life's long enough to not get some time off when you want to. When your body and your mind's telling you to go take a trip, you need to do it instead of being told you can't by your boss, I believe. Out here, though, the last uh, few years now, plants have been the boss. I've learned that they're more demanding than the oil field ever was. Much harder work and... Uh, you don't have a boss telling you you can't do something, but you know all the work you put into those plants. You go to a show and you didn't water some one day that needed some water that day. That's a lot of a work, work or a lot of extra work down the drain. And but uh, got where I was going with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So then, uh, would you ever leave here again? I don't know, you know, you want to make God laugh telling your plans. <laughs>